You don't know what you're missing, amen. I tell you what, uh, I mean, I love my dad, but I love my heavenly daddy, amen. I mean, what a blessing it is just to be born again. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Friend, if he ain't ever happened to you, well, wait till he gets a hold of you, amen. You just wait. What a blessing it is to be born again. Anybody got a word on your heart this morning, anywhere? God's given me something. I wouldn't call it Father's Day, but uh, He's given me something. Amen. 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 Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody at all? Brother Lester, you don't say more. <laughs> Brother David, Brother JR. <laughs> Amen. It is good to be here. Good to be in the Lord's house on Father's Day. 
Amen. I, I like to say this before we get started. Happy Father's Day to all you men. Amen. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, I appreciate the way that you back me. Amen. Most of all, appreciate the way you back the Lord. Amen. But it is a blessing to be here. Uh, anybody got a word on your heart? Thank you all you need to do. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter number four. Like I said, uh, God's dealt with me on this all week long. I don't really understand it. I'm not going to question. I'm just going to mind God the best that I can. Mark chapter number four. You find your place, if you would please stand. If you're still looking, don't stand yet. I know, I know we've seen it. Amen. You might have to, yeah, lay it on the pew. Mark chapter number four, verse number 35, if you would please. The Bible says, in the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. What a day it'll be when Jesus says, Let's go home to the other side. Amen. But the Bible says, uh, and, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. The Bible said, And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Let's read it one more time. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for you being a father to us. And God, we're just thankful, Father, for you sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin, God, in the sin of this world. Father, you've dealt with my heart on this message all week long. You haven't changed it. And God, we just pray that your will would be done here this morning. Father God, we pray that you help that one that needs help. And Father God, we just pray that you touch, have your will, have your way. Help our hearts, God, to be tender and to be receptive to the Word of God and what you got in store. Father, we love you. We thank you. And God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing and to be seated. As I said before, this is absolutely not a Father's Day message. Amen. And God is... Uh, this is what he wants, I feel like. And, and you know, I want to preach to you this morning on this talk, some things to remember as we weather the storms of this life. That's not real Father's Day message, is it? Some things to remember as we weather the storms of this land. And by way of introduction this morning, I want to give us a little history uh, on the book of Mark this morning. And I want to deal uh, with the context of our scripture. And then we'll get to the message that God has laid on my heart. But as we come uh, to the wonderful book of Mark this morning, we know that this book is considered one of the gospels of our Lord and our Savior, our great Heavenly Father. 
Father. Amen. Uh, but it's considered a gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in the wonderful Word of God. Now, in the Word of God this morning, we know that there are a total of four gospels all together. Those gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And friend, it's amazing that when you get into these gospels in your Bible, uh, it's amazing how the attitude of the Word of God changes. Now, we go from a period of being under a law, and then we get into a period, hallelujah, of being under grace. Friend, I'm glad this morning I'm not under law, but I'm glad to be under the goodness and the grace of God. Could you imagine uh, what we've done and God striking us dead? I'm glad this morning that when we were out in sin, God said, I give you grace. He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be saved. Amen. But in these wonderful Gospels of the New Testament, we find hope for a lost and a dying world because we see the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and we see how He came to save a lost and a dying world and we see how He came to save lost sinners like you and I when we were on the road to hell. And friend, I'm glad this morning that you and I can pick up the Word of God and I'm glad we can read these Gospels and I'm glad this morning that in these Gospels we see our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Friend, even on Father's Day, we get to worship Him. Hallelujah. Friend, not only do we see Jesus in the book of Matthew, but we see Jesus in the book of Mark. Now, as we come to the book of Mark, we come to the shortest of the four Gospels in the Word of God. And in this Gospel this morning, we find more about the actions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ than we find about the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm glad that God's a a God of action, ain't you? If He wasn't, He'd be dead. But He's not dead. He's still alive. And He's still active in the day that we live. But as I've said many times before, it's an action book... And we know this morning that most of the events recorded in the the Gospel of Mark are found in the books of Matthew and in the book of Luke as well. Now, even though these events are found in these books, in the very book of Mark in which you'll find these events are narrated with greater detail. Now let me go and say this. Still, they still yet say the same thing. They still yet have the same outcome. They are just narrated in greater detail, if you will, in the book of Mark. He was a man of detail. Now the book is a fast-paced book. And if you were to start reading this book from beginning to the end, uh, this book would carry you swiftly like a good old creek, amen? Uh, as fast as a moving creek, I guess. It'd carry you fastly into the main theme of the book, which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, His death and His burial and His resurrection. Now, I'm glad that our Savior went to the cross. I say hallelujah for that. I'm glad this morning that in just about every book of the Word of God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you can see Jesus Christ, you can see a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross, and in the New Testament you see Him on the cross. Now I'm glad this morning He got off the cross. Amen. Friend, an interesting fact about the book of Mark is that it's almost anonymous. Now, you notice as you read the book of Mark, you don't see the name Mark anywhere except for where, I guess, man put it, the book of Mark. What does that mean? Well, Mark wasn't writing to please himself. Mark wasn't writing about himself. Mark said, I want to write about Jesus Christ. Friend, what a lesson you and I can learn 
But as we come to our text this morning, uh, without saying any more of the history of the book of Mark, let's find out what's happening in chapter 4. Now, as we break into Mark chapter 4, uh, we see there are many things that are taking place in this chapter. And the way that I find it best to read, if you were to take and read here in the book of Mark, uh, it's good to split it up kind of as you read it, or you get real confused. Amen. Uh, but as we come to chapter 4, we find several parables in the Word of God. And then we come to the miracle in which we'll be looking at here this morning in the Bible. So all this has been in the book of Matthew as well, except for this one parable, which is the parable of the sower. Now, that uh, is made as a declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then later on, Jesus Christ gives an explanation of what it means in the Word of God. Now, the parable of the sower in this chapter is followed by many other parables. See, it moves fast. Amen? If you were to read the book of Mark. And then we see the big miracle. And as I said a moment ago, Mark is an action book. But as we come to chapter number 4, we see that this chapter is mostly about parables. But in these parables, if you were to go back and read these parables for yourself, you'd see they move right along to the next parable. you got one parable, then you got another one, and then you got another one, and then you have another one. Amen. They move on. But in chapter 4, if you were to again, again read verse number 1, let's break in. Here's what you find. The Bible says in verse 1, And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Now, I wish it was that way in our day, don't you? I mean, freedom. I mean, Jesus Christ is sitting out on a ship. And people are gathered together, gathered around just to see what Jesus Christ has to say. Jesus is speaking through many men of God in our day and our time, but nobody wants to sit around and listen to what God has to say. What a sad day that it is. Homes would be better this morning if people would gather just to hear what God had to say. Amen. Government would be run right if the government would get in the church house and listen to what God has to say. Amen. But they're not going to. But the people in the Word of God have done just exactly what the people in our day have done. Now they sat around and listened to what God had to say. But then they sat away with Him, away with Him, crucified Him on the cross. Friend, the world in which we live, a lot of them have heard about what Jesus done. A lot of them have heard uh, how Christ died for their sin. But the world in our day is saying, away with Him, away with them. And what they're doing is they're setting up, letting the devil have his way and the government have their way. Now if you don't like that, I'm telling the truth. Amen. But listen, here in chapter 4 of the book of Mark, we see people are gathered around to listen to what our Savior has to say. Then in verse number 2, you'll see that Jesus is teaching them many things by parables, and then He begins to teach them in His doctrine as well. Doctrine was important to Jesus Christ. And doctrine ought to be important to the church. Amen. Uh, without doctrine, there'd be no difference. Amen. There is a difference in doctrine of an independent Baptist church. I didn't mean to get into that. But Jesus Christ spoke in parables. And the first parable we come to in uh, chapter number 4, we come to the parable of the sower. 
Now, I didn't come to preach on this this morning, but you find this parable in verse number 4 uh, through verse number 9. And if you were to keep reading in the next verses, now remember this is an action book. It's full of actions, action-packed, I guess you will. Amen. And, but you would uh, read down in verse 10 through 20, and you'd see Jesus Christ is explaining uh, why He taught in parables. Which most of us know this morning, He taught in parables because the Jews didn't listen. So he's, he's uh, explaining things in a way that they're not going to give that the Gentiles will, if you will. So the next parable you come to in the Word of God is that you come to the parable of the candle and the bushel. And if you've been saved and born again, uh, the candle represents the truth of the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. And you're not to hide that truth of the gospel under a bushel. You're to let your light shine. Amen. Uh, that's what we're to do as children of God. i got to move on. But then you would see that parable in 21 through 25. And then right after the parable, then Jesus takes us to another parable in the Word of God. You would find this parable in verse 26 through number 29. Then right after that parable, you would see the parable of the mustard seed, which is in verse number 30 through 34. Just giving you an overview of the book of Mark, and of chapter 4. And then right after these verses, you'd come to the verses in which we're going to draw from this morning where God burned my heart. So where Jesus Christ calms the storm. Now, we come to our Scripture. Let's look exactly at what's, at what's going on here in the Word of God. So, as you read verse number 35, we see that Jesus has been teaching parables and doctrines most of the day. But now we see that Jesus Christ is saying, in my words, come on boys, uh, let's go over to the other side. Now, the Bible said in verse 35, in the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus Christ knew that there was work to be done over on the other side. And it was now time to depart. He'd been teaching. The people had heard. It's time to go somewhere else. So uh, we see Jesus is now taking His disciples with Him uh, by ship. And it's in these verses this morning, if you will, that we see just how human that Jesus Christ truly is. Now He's been teaching all day long. As they travel to the other side, we see he's tired, he's wore out. And now we know that Jesus Christ is all man and that Jesus Christ is all God because what Jesus is doing is he's taking him an act. Amen. He's laid over in the back of the ship asleep. Now the Bible said right here in verse number 37 through 38, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The Bible said he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? We, friend, we see that Jesus Christ must, must be like me. I believe he's asleep through anything. Amen. But here's a storm rising up. Jesus Christ is asleep. He's tired. And he's not worried about the storm. Now, Jesus already knew the storm was coming. He's all God. Yet he's all man. He already knew the storm was coming. He knew that uh, he knew what the outcome of the storm was going to be. So he wasn't worried about it. No way. But friend, we see that these disciples here, they act out in fear in the Word of God. Now get a hold of this. We see that they say next, what they say next, so they forgot all about the miracles of Lord Jesus Christ. Now they had seen some miracles. But out there in the storm, they began to forget. And we see this morning that they had forgotten some things that you and I need to remember in the storms of this life. 
Friend, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on the phone. Some things to remember as we weather the storms of this life. I want to preach to you for a little while on about four thoughts. I'll try to be fast. Amen. But the Lord's given me and you can go to the house. The first thought I want to preach to you on, number one, I want to preach on this thought. We need to remember in the storms that storms will rise. Number two, we need to remember this morning that in the storm, fear will rise too. We're human beings. Amen. Number three, this morning we need to remember that every storm has an eye. Hallelujah. Number four, we need to remember there are witnesses in the storm as well. Let's get started. Let's look at the first thing that we need to remember. Let's look, number one, and in the storm we need to remember that storms will rise. The Bible says right here in verse number 37, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Now, Listen to me this morning. The words that I do not find in this verse are the words that a storm might come. Not one time in the Bible did the Word of God say that a storm it might think about coming or a storm might uh, think just about coming your way. But friend, I see this morning uh, what the Word of God teaches us. I see the words there arose a great storm. Now, uh, it would do us all some good this morning to remember and to know as we go through this thing called life, it would do us all good to know that storms will not think about popping up. Storms won't might happen. Storms will happen. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're saved or whether you're lost this morning. Storms will pop up in your life. Friend, there are those so-called preachers in our day who are trying to make a living off other people's money and they'll sit around and they'll say, once you get saved or once you send me a thousand dollar seed, that your life's going to be just bad and nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. And they'll say, well, uh, and they'll say if something bad did happen to you, it's cause of sin. They would come to like, to like Joe's friends were to him, I guess. But you know what? Storms arise in our lives. On holidays, storms arise. Seems like they rise more during Christmas time for some reason. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But storms arise. Now, friend, those, those deceivers, I guess you could say, the ones who tell you that life will be fine and life will be just PG, those are the people which the Word of God tell us as children of God to mark them and stay away from them. Now, as comforting as those words may sound, now they're sly. Oh, your life will be just fine. Sounds good, don't it? Sounds great. Well, that's the way the devil works. Amen. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And if you're here this morning sitting under the sound of my voice, one thing that you can bet on, I'm not trying to depress you. We're going to move on a minute. One thing that you can know for sure is that storms will pop up in your life. There will be uh, more stormy days than there will be sunny days. I'm just telling you, Bria, storms will rise no matter how much money you have. Friend, you can fork out all the money you've got and the storms still be there. Amen. Friend, will rise, uh, storms will rise no matter how many friends you got. And I've heard more friends you got, more storms you have. Amen. Uh, anyhow, I've got to move on. Law and mercy. But friend, whether you're saved or whether you're lost this morning, storms will rise in your life. But if you're saved, I'm glad to know 
There's one that will walk through the storm with you everywhere you go. Friend, I'm glad to be born again. I'm glad I've got a Father who takes care of me. Friend, if you're saved and born again, you know exactly who it is that walks with you through the storm this morning because He walks with me and He walks with you. But if you're lost, you don't know what it's like. Amen. Go through a storm and have Jesus Christ walk by your side. I'm telling you, friend, if you're lost and in a storm, friend, that's the worst feeling in the world. You'd be there all along. Nobody would call them. How sad would it be? But friend, one thing we can all count on is that you and I are going to have storms. It's just like one man said. He said you're either going through a storm, you're getting ready to go through a storm, or you're either just getting out of a storm. Amen. Storms will rise up in our lives. Storms are no respecter of persons. They don't care who you are. Amen. And friend, as long as you live, you're going to have storms. But in knowing there will be storms in this land, I'm going to list a few. You know what one of the biggest storms in our day is? And I'm trying to leave the government out of this. One of the biggest storms in our life, in our day, is finances. How many divorces has happened because a couple got mad about money and they split up and parted ways. Finances had destroyed a bunch of homes. Why? Because they didn't love one another. They loved money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It'll destroy your home. Why don't you get your eyes off the bank account? Get your eyes on one another and love one another and stop loving money. Amen. I don't know if that's you this morning, but if it is, take heed. Amen. Friend, listen, the storm of finances. Uh, there's a storm of human pain in our day. Oh, man. Sometimes every day people wake up, they're in pain. Amen. There's a storm of arthritis. There's a storm of tendonitis. You know, my, uh, my arm's been hurting me. I went to my boss the other day. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sore. They said, well, you ain't as young as you used to be. Thanks a lot. He said, welcome. He said, join the club. He said, you probably got tendonitis. If that's what it is, I hope you never get it. Amen. But friend, there's pain that comes with getting old. There's arthritis, tendonitis. There's migraines. Amen. It could go on and on and on. But there's the storms of middle pain as well. Some people are in the storm of depression. In the very hour in which we live. Depression's real. It can hurt. Amen. Uh, cause you want to be alone. Amen. The storm of depression. Friend, there's a person who called me the other way. And they said this. They said, I'm so worried about all that's around me. They said, I'm concerned about the virus. And some folks really are. And they said, I'm concerned just about the people looting on the streets. And I'm just so down and depressed. I'm so concerned. I'm so worried. And friend, they're going through a storm. But friend, there are many storms that pop up in this life. But it's good to remember as long as you're alive, they're going to pop up. They're going to happen. Friend, storms are to be expected. Uh, There are some storms in which we think we can handle. And there are storms as well in which there's desperation. Now, that's exactly the kind of storm that these men were in here in the Word of God. We see in this storm, we see the waves are in the ship. Could you imagine this morning being out on a sea or lake and the waves coming in the ship? Could you imagine that? Well, me and Daddy got on the lake one time and he forgot to put the plug in the boat. 
And uh, that was an interesting trip. I was scared to death. I was a little boy. And I'll never forget that. But hey, we finally made it back uh, just before the boat filled up with water. But friend, uh, listen, uh, the ship's now full. The Bible says, verse 37, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Hey, sometimes in the storms of life, we're just like this ship in the Word of God. And friend, just like this boat was full of water, sometimes you and I get so full, amen, that we're going to have to be honest this morning, amen. Uh, sometimes we get so full, and the load gets so heavy, just like it has in the ship. Sometimes Times, amen. I, I was going to get a five gallon bucket and let these youngins lift the empty one up and a full one up, but I didn't want to cause cleaning lady problems, amen. But listen, if, uh, you get a bucket of water and you fill it up to the brim, that one that's empty is easy to pick up. But if you get a five gallon bucket and fill it with water all the way to the brim, some's going to spill out and it's going to be heavy and your arms are going to start shaking. And friends, sometimes this morning the load gets so heavy that you're like a five-gallon bucket full of water. And, and it can get it can weigh on you, it can press on you. And before you know it, the waterworks start flowing and it comes out and you just can't hold it in. Friend, if you're heavy this morning, going through a storm. Friends, sometimes you can pick that bucket up. Water will spill. But friend, just like storms. And which we'll carry in this life, those buckets are. Simple, little thought God gave me. Sometimes in this thing called life, the load gets heavy. We're going to have to be honest. We're going to have to let some pride go this morning. And sometimes in this thing called life as well, Sometimes, just like the ship here in the Word of God, sometimes the load not only gets heavy, but it gets so full, it's almost impossible to bear. And friends, just like the bucket that's hard to carry when it gets full, just like the ship is full here in the Word of God, as we as human beings go through life, even when the load is full, when the load's about to overflow, and when we can't carry it no more, you know what we do? Cry. Everything's fine. I'm okay. Hey, I know how this mountain people are. I'm alright. I'm okay. I thought that about a few minutes on the fishing dock the other day. It's fine to me. I said, I'm okay. Well, I'm okay. Amen. I hate them things. I don't know why God made spiders. Amen. But He did. Listen, but that's how some mountain people are. Sometimes we can look fine. Sometimes we can even have the greatest and brightest smile on our face on the outside. But on the inside, we can feel like that bucket that is about to overflow. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, this particular ship, the Word of God, in which these men were in, the Word of God don't say it. I don't know what it looked like on the outside. But it may have looked fine on the outside. But on the inside was these men. And the ship looked like it was going down. It was full of water. And when a ship is full of water, Friend, is that how you feel this morning? Sometimes in the storms of life, you and I may try to tough out the storms. We're mountain people. We're tough. Try to tough out the storm. And on the inside, we might have, uh, be wearing that storm, but on the outside, we might be a trying to appear fine and appear tough. But friend, let's all be honest, sometimes on the inside, there's a heavy load that nobody can see. Listen, you may hide it from your wife or husband. You may hide it from your children. But friend, 
go. Friends, sometimes on the inside, there's a storm. Or no, I tried to get away from this thought. Storms will rise up in our lands. And we've all been through storms, if we're honest. But friend, you're in a storm right now in this very hour. Please hear what the fat young preacher has to say for a second. You may feel like you're about to sink. You may feel as if the load is heavy for you to bear. You may feel as if you have to be tough. But I'm telling you, friend, all that you're doing while you're trying to be tough is you're letting that storm build up inside of you. Emotionally, it storms. And you know what will happen? It will get worse and it will get worse and it will get worse. As you wake up every day, the pain of the storm will get worse and worse. It's not until the ship was building heavy that those disciples said, I think I'll call on God. Friend, I can see those disciples out there on the sea or out there on this lake now. And I can see them as they're out there rowing and rowing. I can picture them this morning out there as they have no place to go except for the face of the storm. Friend, I can see them out there on the water with tiny little vessels banging about as big as this cup. I don't know. And I can see them trying to dip and pour and dip and pour and dip and pour. And they're trying to do everything that they can do. But the ship is still yet getting full. Friend, is that not exactly what you and I do when we're out there in the like a storm. Hey, we don't want to tell nobody that we're in a storm because we don't want to worry nobody to death. And even on Wednesday night prayer meeting, you know what we'll do? Hey, and I'm just going to be honest. We'll sit there on the church pew and say, I'm not going to tell nobody about what I'm going through because I don't want to worry them. Boy, we're tough mountain people, ain't we? I don't want nobody to know my business. Amen. That's what we'll do. We'll stuff up on the church. We'll stuff up on God. And we'll carry a burden along. Listen, we'll toil and we'll run. Do just like the disciples did. We'll do all that we can do. But the problem is, just like it was with the disciples, the boat was getting full. Friend, if you're here and under the sound of my voice, if your ship is getting full, I want you to know this morning you're just like these disciples. You don't have to bear this storm alone. Friend, these disciples, the Word of God, we see that they were not alone. How do you know that, preacher? Because right here in the Word of God, we don't see the word disciple. Look at your Bible. That, that word does not say disciple. It doesn't say there was one in the ship. We see the word disciples, which is plural. So these men, they were together. And if you're here and you're going through a storm, friend, you don't have to go through the storm alone. I'm telling you this morning, we're a small little church and I thank God for it. Because, friend, the very church in which you're sitting in this morning, right here are some people who are willing and are ready to go through the storm with you. Friend, if you ain't, you better check up on what you got. Friend, the Bible said in Romans 12 and 5, so we need many are one body in Christ. And everyone members of one another. Amen. If you don't like somebody, you better get right with them because you're a member of them if they're saved. And if you're saved, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and it being all made to drink into one Spirit. We've all got the same Spirit. We're all part of the same body. That body's the Lord Jesus Christ. We're baptized in one body. We're members of one another. Now, if you were to take and step on my toe, this is about as simple as I don't know how to preach. 
If you were to take and step on my toe, and you ask my little wife, I'm a big wimp. Most of you figuring that out. But if you were to step on my big toe, it don't just affect my big toe. Amen. It affects several things in my body. Now, if you step on my toe, several things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to have to watch my mouth. And then the second thing, you'll first of all begin to see pain all over my face. It won't just affect my toe, my face. It's going to make a face. I guess you can say it. And the next thing you more than likely see is you see my body draw up like this. And then you're going to hear me, uh, see me dance around for a little bit. And then you're going to see me gasp for air. And the next thing that you begin to see, some of y'all picturing this in your mind. I don't like it too good. Listen, the next thing you begin to see is you see my mouth open wide as I let out the biggest, oh my goodness, that you ever heard in your life. How do I know? I've done it before. I've stubbed my toe in the house. Everybody comes running. What's wrong with you? Hey man, it affects my body. But the point I'm trying to make is that when one little member of the body gets hurt, it affects every member of that body as well. Friend, that's exactly the way that it ought to be in a local church. Amen. Friend, we that are saved and born again, we that have been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, have all become part of the body of Christ. And friend, when one of the other members hurts, it ought to hurt the whole church. Amen. Friend, if you're here and if you're going through a storm, it don't matter your age or it don't matter if you've got some big role in the church or not. It don't matter whether you think you're a much or not. I'm telling you, friend, you are a member of Mount New Baptist Church. If you're saved and born again, you're a member of the church Christ. And I'm not talking about the Latter-day Saints. Friend, if you're here and if you're going through a storm, let's all go through it together. Why not? I'm telling you to let go of your pride. Preacher, need the church to pray for this. I don't know why God's preaching me so hard on this, but He is. Let go. Let us pray for you. Listen to the Bible said in Hebrews 13 and verse number 1. Let brotherly love continue. The Bible said in Hebrews 3 and 13, when dealing with the Hebrew church, the Bible said, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Friend, as the church, Lord Jesus Christ, we're to lift up the name of Christ first and foremost. But if we're going to lift up the name of Christ, sometimes we've got to lift up one another. Friend, I'm telling you, if you're here going through a storm, don't be too shy to tell the church. Don't be too bullheaded and draw up and say, I'm not telling them folks nothing out there. Through your storm. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse number 2. Bear ye one another's burdens. It didn't say put burdens on everybody. That's all I'm talking about. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. That's the church Galatians he's talking to. In that very verse we see the word bear. Well, well let me back up. What was good enough for the church Galatians I think is good enough for us. So he said bear ye one another's burdens. The word bear means this, to support or to sustain. As to bear a weight or a burden, it means to carry, to convey, to support. And friend, right here on this ship in the Word of God, we see that there were some disciples in the ship. And we see that down there in that ship, we see that they were out and going through a storm. But friend, hallelujah to God this morning. I don't think they went about 
about it in the right way. But these men were not weathering the storm alone. They were together inside the ship. They had one another to talk to in the storm. They had one another next to them in the storm. They had one another to get bound up with in the storm so they could be there for one another. The Bible said Hosea 6 and 1. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For He hath torn and He will heal us. He has spent and He will bind us up. Now, I'm using that out of context. I know that. Let me have fun for a minute. Now, in the verse I quoted you, I'll give you the context. Uh, the children of Israel had sinned. They were unrepentant to the Lord. And, but if they would turn, the Lord would bind them up. they turned turn to Him. But friend, in that verse is a great word. That word's bind. The word bind means to tie together or to confine with a cord. And friend, listen, the Bible tells us as God's people in Philippians 2 and 2 that it will bind up and get like-minded. It will fulfill not only Paul's joy, but it will fulfill God's joy. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and 2, fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Back here in the Word of God in the verses which are in, the disciples are out of the ship. Get a hold of this. Uh, we see they've become like-minded in one fact tonight, or this morning, that they all wanted to do their part in the storm. I believe they did. I mean, who would get out there in the middle of the storm and not want to do nothing to help? They just sleep. We'll get there in a minute. It's not that he didn't want to help. I believe he wanted something from the disciples. But I believe this morning with all my heart, they were afraid together in the storm. And I see that they were like-minded and knit together as they were out in that storm. How do you know? Well, there's only one ship, wasn't there? And there was nowhere else for them men to go. And now out there and on the water, the waves are coming in and they're going out on the water. Friend, we see the boat was about to overflow, but we see something else. Even though the boat was about to overflow, even though that all these men were together and all of them were banded up, each man knew the other's burden. Friend, they all had the same burden. They were all banded together to carry the heavy load. How great would it be in our day if the church would get banded together and carry one another's load? Hey, that's what we're here for to live up the Another's load. Oh, friend. Right here in this church, that's a church house full of people. I believe this with all my heart. I won't say I have to preach this up somewhere else. I believe there's some folks here that want to help you. I believe that's all my heart. I believe when I tell the church that I've got a prayer request, I believe they pray. How do you know, preacher? I get in my study. And it comes. You know what happens? Somebody's praying. Somebody's praying. Look, listen to me, friend. I believe we got a church that'll pray. And you know what? When I got saved, the devil told me, he said he'll lose all your friends. Lost a bunch. But he didn't tell me this. I came the best friends in the world. He didn't tell me that. But I'm glad God showed me. Friend, it's my Christian friends this morning who'll tell me they love me and look me in the eye and mean it. Friend, I'm telling you, it's my Christian friends who text me just to let me know that they're praying for me. And sometimes they text me to give me a hard time. And I'm glad you do. Keep on, friend. But it's because of my Christian friends that I know without the shadow of a doubt, I may have storms that rise up in this land. But I'm glad for my Christian friends in which I can call on and they can help me for me. Hallelujah. Friend, you understand 
what it is not to be in the boat alone. You understand what it is not to have to bear the burden alone. You can tell your church family, tell your Christian friends, I don't know about you, but I'm glad in the storms. I'm glad I'm not alone. Because my friend right behind me this morning, I, I, can, I can just be honest with you, can I? Right here's the church praying for me. And I appreciate that. Friend, it means the world to me. But I'm glad to be able to say that out there in this life, storms will come. They will come. But friend, I'm glad to be able to say right here's a church behind the scenes, praying, praying. But I'm telling you this morning, if you're in a storm, I'll do the same for you. They'll help you carry your Help you bear the burden. Oh, friend, these disciples were in a storm. They weren't alone. We see this life storms arise. Let's look at number two. Something else we need to remember in the storm. Not only do we need to remember that storms will rise, number two, we need to remember that fear will rise too. Listen to the Bible says in verse number 40. And he said to them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Now their fear rose because they didn't have no faith. But not only are there storms that arise, but if we're not careful, we'll be like the disciples. And we'll let fear spring up in our life. And I know that we're all country people. And if I asked, uh, uh, if I was to ask almost any of you if you were scared, I know that you'd let your flesh pop up and you're going to tell me a lie. Hey, Pam, let's just be honest. Friend, I know how you are. I mean, if a big old grizzly bear was right behind you chasing you and your knees were shaking and your heart was out in your chest and your friend was beside you and they looked over at you and said, you scared? You'd say, no, are you? I don't have we are. No, we ain't scared. Hey, we try to put our get our knees to quit knocking, get our hearts back in our chest. But friend, if we're not careful, that's exactly what we'll do in the storm. We'll turn to other Christians and other people. We'll say, yeah, we're fine. We're okay. Hey, there's been times I've noticed that back the door, some of you ain't all right. Hey, there's been times that we'll say, oh, I'm fine. I can tell when you're fine by now getting to know you. I can tell when you're fine. You say, I'm good. Now don't y'all try this when you walk out. <laughs> or I can say, I'm, I'm good. And you walk on out the door like I'm not even there. Something ain't right. Amen. But listen, if, if the storms, is that what we'll do? We'll say we're fine when really down on the inside, we're scared as a little child. Friend, time after time after time, we're like these disciples in the storms of life. Whether you like to admit it or not, amen. Time after time, the Lord has brought us through storm after storm after storm. But there's times that in the storm, fear will still kick in. It'll still kick in. If you're not like that, let me know what you do, please. Even though sometimes in the storm we fear. There's a man who came up to me at work this week. God put this together. I was praying. I said, God, give me something to preach. And here come this man. And he motioned for me to come over there to him. He's a friend of mine. I rolled back windows on my forklift, pulled up to him, and we talked. And uh, this is what he said. He said, how many times in the Word of God do we see a phrase in which we overlook? I thought, hmm. And as this man is full of wisdom, full of knowledge, he said, how many times do we overlook the phrase, but God? Me and him by church. 
Friends, this man was talking to me and the man said the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. They were hungry, but God gave him bread. He said the children of Israel were in the Red Sea and the enemy wasn't closing in. He said, but God seen the enemy behind him and God covered up their head and God butted in again. He said in the days of Elijah when the people were hollering and hollering for their little gods and their little gods couldn't do nothing. He said, but God butted in. Friend, he said when the tree was full of water and wet when it looked as if God could not cause a fire to come he said God butted in again and he surely didn't fail here's what he said to me next he said as, it, as, as this man kept going he said yeah we may have coronavirus but God's above him amen he said friend they might be losing for one of these days God's above him he said preacher I think I'll preach don't you I said yeah I believe I'll use it Sunday morning amen friend listen how many times in our storms and in our troubles has God God just butted in. How many times when it seemed impossible has God just butted in? Friend, we can all sing and shout the glory this morning because we've got a daddy in heaven who takes care of us and butts in the storms. Hallelujah. Friend, how many times has He butted in for you? I've heard the testimonies. Amen. Maybe not in the local church and I'll keep your business your business. But I've heard somebody tell me what God's done for you. And I'm so glad. That God of buddy in the storms. Right smack dab in the middle of our storm, dog. If we're not careful, we'll do like the disciples did. We'll forget about Jesus. And we'll begin to fear. Friend, if we get our eyes off of Him and get our eyes on the world, and hear me well, we may start to fear the world more than we fear Him. Now listen. Right in the middle of the storm, we see the disciples had their freedoms being stripped from them. How, preacher? God, give me this. Listen, they wasn't free to walk around anymore. Uh, they wasn't free to hardly row the ship because the water was coming in. You try to row a kayak with water coming in, it ain't going to work too good. My friend, we're living in a day and time where the government's wanting us to fear. I also believe that. You can call me crazy if you want to. Whatever. But listen, they're wanting control in the day in which we live. And the day may just be coming where we've got to choose. But even when the storms of life pop up for the child of God, what have we to fear when the Lord's on our side? Listen, not only can the devil get our, not get our soul, the storm can't be. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 118 and verse number 6, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. Now the rest of the verse says, What can man do unto me? In the storms, you know what? We shouldn't fear. Fear is a sin. It is. Because all the truth. Boy, I stand here this morning, almost a hypocrite, I guess, because in the storm, I fear. But I'm telling you, this applies to me too. Number three, we see that in the storms, we need to remember they'll rise. We need to remember fear can rise up too. But now let's look number three. And in the storm, we need to remember every storm has an eye. The Bible said in verse number 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Hey, right smack dab in the middle of our storms here in this land, there's known this morning as something that is called an eye of the storm, and it's in the eye of the storm that there's a calm in a place where you couldn't have peace before. Reading in the eye of the storm, you might begin to look around, and you might begin to see the wind blowing, and you might begin to see the thunder and the lightning. But in the, in, the, in the eye of the storm, you've got peace right there in the eye of it, right in the middle. Friend, I'm telling you, in this land, there's going to be storms. Hey, man, you might look 
us a calm broke through. Friend, right smack dab in the eye of our storms. We can look around, see all the things going on. But if you're here and you're saved, right smack dab in the middle of our storm, there's an eye. Would you and I can find some peace? Friend, right in the middle of the disciple storm was a man named Jesus. And in the middle of the storm, and when they decided to finally call on his name, friend, they began to find some calm right smack dab in the middle of the storm. Hey, the waves ceased. Hey, uh, it might have been lightning. I don't know. But it probably stopped. Friend, that one word. Oh, my. Amen. Friend, I'm telling you, in the middle of the storm, we not only had the, they had the word, Jesus spoke the word. Oh, we've got a word. Jesus spoke the word right here in the middle of the storm. Turn off the news. Hey, turn off everything else and let the word speak peace up to your heart. Hey, hallelujah, friend. Not only did they have a word, we've got one too. I'm glad that the God who gave the disciples peace in their storm is the same God give us peace in our storm. Friend, you're getting the Word of God. God will begin to deal with you. Whatever you might be going through. It is amazing how you get the Word of God. Well, this applies to me and what I'm going through. Real quick. It don't take long. And there's peace in the storm. Hey, I'm glad that in a world full of chaos and change, I'm glad our Lord remains the same. The Bible said in Malachi 3 and 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. The Bible said in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? Well, he's big enough to be in some of those disciples. I think he's big enough to be in some of us. He's big enough to calm the storm for the disciples. I'm pretty sure he's big enough to calm the storm for us. Hopefully. There's an eye in the storm, number four. I'm done. As we go through life's storms, look, number four, we need to remember there are witnesses in the storm. You've heard this a thousand times, I'm sure. The Bible said in verse number 36, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. Now you think about that. The wind blows on this ship. Here's the disciples. Now, there's no doubt these other little ships that were following him probably knew they didn't. And they said, we're going to watch. See how they can see the storm. And they called upon Christ. And did you imagine what those people and those other little ships thought when they see the storm calm in their lives and everything around them had been beaten and the wind and the waves were crashing into the boat. Friend, could you imagine what a lost and dying will see if we'll trust God in the middle of our storm? Friend, could you imagine this morning what the world might see if we'll trust God in the storms? Friend, there are people watching. They're waiting to see how we handle the storm, how we weathered. They say, well, they go down there now you back to church. They're going through a storm. I see how they handle well, I tell you, that's way we can handle it. If you're going through a storm this morning, why don't you just let him, let him have it. Let him have it. Friend, are you towing 
and rolling? Is your, is your bucket about to overflow? Let him have it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done. Brother Shane, you get us a song there, brother. Are you going through a storm this morning? If you are, I'm telling you this morning, do you well to let go of your pride, get it out of the way, and look at yourself. It's today the day in which you trust Jesus Christ with your storm. Preacher, I'm going through a storm. I've tried to bear it myself. I've tried to smile. I've tried to act like everything's okay, but inside I'm about to break. Friend, you might shake my hand at the back and smile. But if you're going through a storm, I'm telling you this morning, you don't have to tough it out on your own. Right here, some people care enough about you to pray. But friend, right there in your storm, if you're saved, Jesus Christ is right there. Would you come and lay it all at the altar this morning? Would you turn over your storm to Him? Would you say, God, I've tried everything I can do. But today, I'm going to give it to you. If you need that, would you run to Him this morning?